Hello and welcome to the Leading the Line podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Chris. Hope you're doing well. Um, we are back with another episode of the pod and we've got another guest, which is fantastic. And this time I am joined by a player who has just come off of our debut season in the WSL with Tottenham Hotspur. Um, she scored on a Scotland debut last year as well against Albania and she was what was Spurs 2019-20 Player of the Year. Busy times. Um, I'm very pleased to welcome Hannah Godfrey onto the podcast. Hannah, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. We are starting to get... When I was doing these podcasts at the start of all this, it was kind of like, oh, when's it light at the end of the tunnel coming? But now it's kind of here, which is quite nice. How's, how's the last few months been for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been tough, but I think it's been tough for everyone. Um, just trying to keep busy, stay motivated and obviously stay positive because we, we wasn't sure at first when we were going to be back, but now we're back in full swing, so it's exciting, yeah. I was going to say, you've been back a couple of weeks now. How was that kind of first day back in, back in training, seeing your teammates? Um, did you get to go back and see them after you came back from the Pinotar Cup of Scotland? Because I know that some people didn't. Did we do back and no. No, we were off straight away. So I think we, we went in for one session and then straight away they told us um, we were done after that. And it was just a waiting game after that, just seeing how long it was until we were back. I think we got told on a couple of occasions we might potentially be back sooner rather than later. And then obviously we had to wait for the season to be called. And, and yeah, it was definitely a long wait, but we're back now. And did, uh, did it feel like you'd never been away or was it a little bit strange? I know... For example, the first time I've gone into, like, I, sh- went to- I got my hair cut, absolutely buzzing to get that done. Um, but I know the first time I did that, I was like, this is all a little bit weird. Was it- did it feel weird going back that first time, or was it kind of just like it always been? I mean, it didn't feel like necessarily it had been four months since we'd been together. I think uh, we were all just excited to be back. I think that was just the difference. But I think with any pre-season, every team is just excited to be back on the pitch. And um, obviously, at first, we were in small group training, so it's tough being there, but not being physically with the team but um, now we're back in full swing so yeah it's obviously really exciting. Awesome we'll talk a little bit about Spurs and, and Scotland of course later on but let's do a wee rewind. Um, in terms of kind of football what, what's your kind of first memories of like kicking a ball about kind of being around football? So my first memories would have actually been up in Scotland uh, with my cousin so he was the one that introduced me. He was always getting me out on the streets with the lads and stuff. And I think I was probably always the goalkeeper at first. But when they realised I could actually play, I think um, he was just a bit shocked. So I remember him telling his mum, my auntie, obviously, um, like, oh, this girl's actually pretty good. So <laughs> I do I do remember that a lot. Um, and then in terms of school, my best friend in school, he told me he was um, going to like a soccer school it was called at the time yeah. and I was just like oh that, that sounds something like I want to do so I asked my mum straight away she was like of course let's go so um it was just one of them weekly things every Saturday morning we'd go and we'd just kick a ball around and we'd just have a lot of fun there so that was where I ended up starting my first club at was at that soccer school. Uh, I'm guessing anytime I kind of speak to anybody just now there's a kind of a background where you've played with some boys teams in the past was that similar for yourself? Yes yes yeah. so I started off with it because my best friend was a boy and he was on that took me along and I was the only girl there. Um, and then obviously, as we got older, we started to join actual teams. Um, and I played with the boys up until probably around nine years old. But I think I think then was when the club told us no girls were about to, were allowed to play. 
um I think I might be right with the ages I'm not sure it was around that age anyway um so yeah I played with just boys um absolutely loved it got stuck in really enjoyed it and then they started a girls team as well so I would play with both and then obviously when they told me no more girls allowed I was heartbroken but I still had the girls team to play for every Sunday so yeah um, in terms of inspirations, I think now young young girls have got people like yourself that they can look up to and are getting more prevalent in terms of their profile. And for you growing up, did you have anybody that you kind of looked up to as, as a young female player? Well, in terms of females, there wasn't really many players. I think genuinely the only player I really knew of was Kelly Smith when I was younger. But um, I watched football morning, noon, morning, noon, evening, whatever, like... I was just watching the men play and I was just obsessed. Like I would I would just watch and watch and watch and it was the only thing I really did in terms of watching TV. Um so yeah, it was just I had male players that inspired me, but um the, in terms of females, obviously because female football wasn't a big thing. Yeah. Like I never thought, oh one day I'm gonna be a professional. So um so yeah, it was just I only really knew of Kelly Smith, which is crazy to think now because like you said people are, that are younger than us now they have so many players to look up to so yeah it's just interesting yeah and it's great that the people have got that now which uh, maybe they haven't had before and um, in terms yeah. of your, your playing career you started at Blackburn um how yes. how did the, the start of Blackburn come about obviously from that youth upbringing yeah so I played for a team my grassroots team was a Thornton Cleavers football club and I used to obviously play with them boys and girls and whatnot and then I used to go to like additional like camps and stuff and training sessions and stuff. And one of the coaches just said, oh, like, you're good enough to play uh, at the next level. So at the time, obviously, that was just Academy Centre of Excellence, it was called. And I just went along for a trial and I went for a few weeks to trial and signed for them when I was about 10 or 11. So I started at under 12s and then I just kept working my way up the age groups and um it was amazing for my development because it was more than just grassroots. It was more professional. It was more academy style and we were in more than once a week and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, that's how I ended up at Blackburn until I was about 16. Yeah, and then from that point, you moved to Manchester City. And at that time, City had started putting a bit of money behind them in terms of the academy, both for their, their whole club, but also in particular the women's yeah. side as well. You mentioned that step up, what, going to Blackburn. Did you feel a step up again when you moved from Blackburn to City? Yeah, I think um, it was the step up in general from like youth football to women's football. So obviously I'd been at Blackburn for six years and I was committed. I absolutely loved the, the whole club um, and they had a women's team. So I could have continued with them, but I wanted to take that step to actual like, WSL style like the bigger clubs so at that time sorry so um I think I was when I went to Man City it was like the very first steps of the club growing if that makes sense so when we first began we were just at a school like a random school in Manchester a few nights a week we got like old kit and stuff like that for example but in the space of a year we we moved to the academy stadium we were on like the training pitches there we were getting new kit and stuff so I think I was just there and obviously I left to America as it was getting big as it is now yeah let's let's talk about that next point then because I think that's kind of yes. the big the biggest chunk of your career so far in terms of that, yes. that move to the states <laughs> so um, I'm always interested to find out 
Um, I've spoken to a couple of people about kind of moves to the States. So I'm always interested to find out where they end up. So you end up in South Alabama. Yes. Um, how, how did South Alabama come about as your destination of choice? So before Man City, I was like, oh, America like sounds amazing. Like go out there, get a scholarship and study and everything. Um, and I just like, I was thinking, right, I'm definitely going to look into this. But then I went to Man City and I just thought like it became like I've kind of put it to the back of my mind because I thought, right, I'm at a good club, like a massive club now. Like I'm just going to work my way up and um, I'm in like a professional environment and whatnot. Um, so I kind of brushed it off. But two of my friends ended up going to South Alabama and they were just constantly posting pictures and videos and calling me and they were just on the beach and stuff. And it just looked like a dream world. Like it was just crazy. And then they started to put the idea back into my head, like, why don't you at least come and visit? Why don't you come and try it for a year, six months? Like, just come and give it a go. So that made it a really tough decision. Well, anyway, the, they told the coach about me and he, he flew over, watched me play for Man City and basically just said, look, let me just fly you out for five days. Come and see the school, come and see the country or whatnot. Um, and we'll see what you think. So I just thought, you know what, I'll just go and give it a go. And as soon as I got there, I was like, yeah, this is where I want to be. So it's just the whole, the, everything about it, the starting off with the sun, as soon as I got off the plane, the <laughs> sun was beaming. So it's very different to Manchester. Um, but just everything, the people, the players, the staff, the facilities, um, just everything just sold it to me. So from that moment onwards, I was just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. That That feeling of... You're not the first person to say that when they arrived, they just went, yeah, this, this is a bit of me. So yeah. it's, it's, what, what do you make of it, obviously? Because now you've mentioned it yourself already. Everything's a little bit more professional now in, in Europe in particular. Do you think you're still, yeah. for, for you, do you think that's still a, a path that if it's an opportunity for a young player to follow, it's something that you think you've really benefited from? Especially with 100%. the academic side as well. Yeah, I think not only academics, but um, as a person, like, I just feel like I've grown so much, like just from moving away from home. I'd only just turned 18, like three days before I flew out. So um, I just went and I grew so much, like personality wise, confidence wise, like obviously you you become more independent. Um, and it's tough. It is, it is very tough move. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and say easy, but I just think it does help you so much. And then on the pitch, off the pitch, you're studying at the same time as you're playing. Um, you so many experiences you're visiting so many different states and parts of America that you would never just casually go to if you lived in England um, and then you come out with a degree at the end of it if all goes well so I just I, I would 100% recommend it but it's it's not easy but I, I would if you're willing to do it and you're that type of person then definitely what was your degree in if you don't mind me asking uh, sports management sports management cool yeah um, there's so... a lot of coaching stuff the, the team there were called the Jaguars, is that right? Yes. Um, again, American teams love a good name. Um, have you got any particular favourite moments from playing with them uh, during that time when you, were, when you were over there? Yes, one springs to mind every time I even just think of it. Um, so my first year, we played against number one in the nation, Florida State, and in the past, lost 5-0, lost 5-0, lost like multiple times, just lost five nil to it my first year and I was like right this team can't be that good like, come on like you've lost five nil every year right it's just 11 v 11 on the day 
and my first year we stepped on the field and we got pumped five nil again believe it or not <laughs> so I was like all right okay maybe this team they were just unbelievable like yeah. I don't think we touched the but we just defended the whole game still lost five nil I think we played five or six at the back it was horrendous so anyway my second year um the coach started putting this like goal into our head and he was like we're going to win the league, we're going to win the cup and we're going to beat Florida State. So everyone was like, all right, like kind of just like, okay, then let's give that one a go, shall we? And we just prepared for it, like constantly prepped for it mentally, physically, formation-wise, tactically. Um, And we get to the game and we played at home and we had the record crowd. We've never, ever had that many people there. And we went 1-0 up and we defended for our lives. And we ended up winning the game. And we they were number one in the whole nation. We were way down to the rankings. Yeah. And we beat them 1-0. And we celebrated like <laughs> we never celebrated in my life before. Like we'd won like a cup. It was just a ranking game. It wasn't even, yeah. it wasn't a cup game. It wasn't a league game. It was just ranking. But it was the most, it was the best experience, like the best day in terms of when I was out there, like of my life. I'll never forget. I, I'm... I need to big it up a little bit more because it doesn't sound that exciting. But when you've been pumped 5-0, <laughs> like no. five years in a row, and we finally won, it was crazy. No, I can see you're, you're absolutely buzzing just talking about it just now. So <laughs> if you are listening to this and you can't, you can't feel it, I can guarantee you, she's absolutely buzzing just now. Um, I want to tell it again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll clip it off and put it into something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you also played for Pensacola FC. Was that at the same time? Was that how, how did that work in terms of playing for a college side and, and then? Um, so that's WPSL. So it's Women's Premier Soccer League. And that uh, is like a summer league, basically. So the coach of the summer league will recruit you and just talk to you and ask if you want to come along or whatnot. And um, they that will start... I want to say, yeah, it started in May. So I would go home for a couple of weeks and then yeah. start in May. And depending on how far we'd get, um, it would go all the way up to the season, would start for college. So it was just the whole summer. Um, I played for Pensacola, so that was in Florida, right next to the beach. And it was just like, we were very lucky because there was a lot of summer, team, summer teams that only trained twice a week, but we were like full-time every day, um, games at the weekend. And it just, it was the best decision for me because I was having the best summer, like people from all over the world like were coming to play. We had people from so many different countries um, and we always did really well. So we would carry on playing, we'd win the league, we're doing regionals, we'd get to nationals every year, which was amazing. And the final would be like days before college season would start again. So I was always like, fully ready I was sharp I was fit um so yeah that that was really really good and was that something that a lot of a lot of players would have done in that that summer break when they were playing college ball yeah I think it just depends because a lot of foreign players um in terms of not American obviously I was a foreigner um would go home and obviously we would our only chances of going home would be Christmas for a few weeks and summer for a few weeks so a lot of people would just be like, no, like I need to go see my family. And as much of a family person I, I am, I think like one or two weeks max is enough. Yeah. So it started off with a couple of weeks and then it started off with a week at home and then I just ended up staying just 
because I'd see my family because they were lucky enough to fly out and see me and watch me play out there. Um, but yeah, I think I think it just depended on what you wanted, if you wanted to go home, if you wanted to chill in the summer. Like it was intense, it was hard, but I felt like I needed that to keep up the standard and keep playing. You did eventually come home though, uh, because at the start of this season you signed for Spurs. Um, how, yes. how, how did the move come about? Um, it was a strange one actually because I wasn't even sure if I wanted to come home so when I was out there I was like I don't want to leave like this is for me this like everything about it I've made friends for life um, I just wanted to stay out there so it was tough um, but then it got to a point where I was like look I'm I'm seeing how I saw how much the WSL has grown just in the last four years like ridiculous amounts like women's football is just rocketed like, it's yeah. been amazing um so I just thought look I'll go home and I'll give it a go I'll go and trial um maybe at a club or something and see what I can get so I kind of just risked it um trained again with Pensacola all the way up to July um came home and had a trial for Spurs the following week so I try I did a two-day trial so it was on like the Wednesday and the Friday and on the Friday they offered me a contract so I was just it all paid off. I was over the moon. And um, decent season for Spurs this season. Obviously, first season in the WSL, so this all kind of rejigged itself. Um, how do you look back? I know it was a bit truncated because of situations. Um, but how do you how do you look back on the kind of season that just went? Yeah, I think I definitely call it successful. I mean, like you say, it's our first year. Um, I think the club's got a lot more to give I think we're going to grow so much more but um, I think for our first year I think we can all be extremely proud of ourselves um, seventh in the league I mean we've done well we've got a lot more to give a lot more to grow but I think we're all very proud and obviously we create history for the club itself and it's like the amount of fans we got at those few, like those games at the stadiums and stuff so definitely one we won't forget yeah, I was I was going to ask you about that. The games at the the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, um, obviously the London yeah. derby was there. The result didn't go your way that day, but um, I know it's a stadium a lot of people have been talking about, just in football in general. As a player playing there in a derby, I, I mean, how was that as an experience for you? Yeah, hundred percent. I'll never forget it. It was just the whole day, even leading up to it. Like um, we just, it was like a, a blur almost, and. I don't think I personally realised how many people were going to be there. Say, oh, there's a lot of people coming today, but I just didn't, I didn't sink in. So just walking out and just, I couldn't even look up really. I just kind of stay focused like on the pitch, but um, just the roar and the crowd, I just think it was amazing. And But once, once we got going, like I was proud of us. We, we, we had our chances we could have taken, but um, like you said, at the end of the day, it was one of the best experiences of our lives. And for all 22 players on the pitch, all the staff, all, all um, in terms of Tottenham and Arsenal, like, that's why I said 22. But in terms of for all of us, um, it's a day we just will never forget. And hopefully it'll happen again. In terms of the season coming, we've already mentioned the fact that you've, you're back in training now. What, what do you think the expectations are for this season? Is it about consolidation or is it about pushing on again now that you've kind of established yourself in that first season? Yeah, pushing on, definitely. I mean, like you said, we've established ourselves and we found our feet and a lot of people didn't believe in us last year. A lot of people expected us to get relegated, um, not get results and stuff. Um, 
And I just think we've proved everyone wrong and we've proved that we do belong in the WSL. Um, I think for me personally, it was my first year, so I found my feet and um, I know what to expect more. Um, and I just think we're all on the same page. I just think we all know how successful last season was, but we all know we can give that 1% more, like obviously more than 1% too. But um, yeah, we just all know we can give more, so we're all excited. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it when it comes back. Hopefully, not yes. too far away now. Let's talk about like your call up to Scotland national team. So I know that your your mum was born in Glasgow, which is a link. Is that right? Yeah. How did the the call up come about? How did you get the call? So playing for Scotland has always been a goal for my of mine. And um, when I came back, I was just like, oh, within four years, um, <laughs> I want to be looking in around the uh, playing for the national team. And I was just training hard and um, my manager pulled me in one day and was like, oh, Shelley's been on the phone and was asking about you and stuff. So um, I've been honest and told her and stuff. So um, expect a call. Like she might just give you a call and like check in and stuff. So I was just like, oh, oh my goodness. Like that was like a massive deal. Just the fact she'd called my manager about me. Um, so I just used his motivation, kept pushing on. And um, I had a call with a... I want to say around September time. I could be wrong, but I want to say around then. And she was basically saying, um, we'll keep in touch and we'll see what happens. And there's a camp in March, uh, the following March, and we'll see what happens up until then and stuff. So I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I, I just need I need to take it, though, not, not run away and get all excited. I need to just take it and use it as motivation. So it gets to around October. And my manager called me and was like, you might be getting a phone call today. And I was just like, okay, like, all right. And then Shelly rings and she's basically saying, you're coming to the camp. Um, so pack your bags, you're leaving tonight. And I was just like, <laughs> oh my goodness. I didn't know what to do. I went, was pacing around the house. I was like packing random stuff in a suitcase I took a shower like just random I was brushing my teeth like just random things I just didn't really know what to do sounds a bit weird but anyway um I just didn't it was crazy so I rang my mom and obviously she's in tears she's very emotional and she's my biggest fan so she was just beyond proud like it's crazy um so yeah that was it off I went up to I flew up to Scotland first obviously from London met yeah. the team um, and then off we went to Albania. How, uh, how was the first meeting, meeting the rest of the squad? I think, I can't remember what podcast, somebody mentioned in a podcast that you have turned into a bit of a low-key joker. Is that, <laughs> you think that's fair? <laughs> I'm still shy. I, I, I'm not shy. I'm not shy. But in that setting, I'm still trying to find my um, find my feet and find my little place. But um, yeah, it was, it was one of them, actually. I walked into the hotel. Um, and I've gone up the lift uh, with Alex, one of the staff members. And as the doors open, the whole squad, he stood outside the lift. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, everyone's just there. So I was like, right, well. So I just went and I introduced myself to everyone. And I just thought I'll say hello now. And, um, and we went straight into a meeting. So there wasn't much um, interaction then. But the girls were amazing after that, like, in training and stuff. And, um meal times and whatnot everyone took the time to come and say hello and um asked me how I was and how training was and stuff um so yeah they were all just amazing they helped me settle so quickly 
um, you then got to make your debut. It kind of seemed to happen quite quick for you in terms of what you were expecting. Uh, made your debut against Albania. And I know we were having a wee joke before we started recording, but you also scored. Um, <laughs> scored in your Scotland debut. Uh, how, as somebody who will probably never score for Scotland, I think I've, I've accepted that's probably not going to happen for me. Um, how, how did that feel for you? Yeah, like you said, it all came so fast. Like one minute I was chilling in my bedroom. Next minute I'm packing a bag off to Albania. Um, and I just took it more as like, this is going to be amazing experience. Like my first camp, a few days away. Um, and it was a qualifier as well. So um, I just thought I'm going to take as much as I can from here, learn as much as I can. Um and take it back to my club and whatnot and keep working to the next one um well anyway I got a text message to say can you come and speak to me um from Shelley um this was on the game day and I went downstairs and she told me I was starting um and I was just like obviously yeah. at the time I was like deep down like wow this is amazing but then I was more like ready like I was just I was just ready anyway like yeah. obviously I, I knew yeah I knew I'm going to get as much as I can out from it. But I thought, right, if anyone needs me, I'm ready. Um, and obviously the excitement and the nerves and whatnot were all kicking in. Um, but yeah, I just, that was it. I went I went upstairs and told my roommate and we were just, I was just dead happy, dead excited. And um, just, yeah, it was very exciting. And then obviously the game comes. I thought I had a decent game. We were, we were doing really well. We were yeah. playing well together. The girls helped me settle on the pitch and stuff, and then somehow the ball ended up <laughs> in the back of the net. So, like Rosie said, it doesn't happen often. Yeah, I might, I might not win goal this season anytime soon, but you know what? It's our first win for Scotland, and that's uh, that's probably the most important part. Um, from yeah. there, obviously, the Pinotar Cup at the start of this year as well. Uh, Scotland winning that. Um, yes. Scotland don't win things very often, so I think it's important yeah. to celebrate them. Um, how was, how was, that was kind of, you've mentioned obviously getting called up to the camp and obviously the qualifier, but that was a, a kind of tournament, so you were spending a sustained period of time with everybody. How was that for you for the kind of first, first time of doing that? Yeah, I loved it. I think it came at a perfect time. Um, it was obviously my first um, longer camp, should I say. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was great to spend time to get to know the players more. Um, we had more training sessions this time. Um, it's obviously... It's obviously very professional. So, um, in some instances, it's different to club football, like the schedule, the coaching and stuff. So, it was nice to have a bit of a change for, for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, just it just gave me more chance to learn, more opportunities to train with like some of the best players in the world, genuinely. Um, yeah, I just learned a lot again from it. And, obviously, we won it. So, um, it was an amazing experience again. Uh, people sometimes talk about kind of cups like the Pinotar Cup, and you've also got like the Argyle Cup and the She Believes Cup. They in women's football, they are pretty significant. If somebody's listening to this, kind of they would just see it as a family. But it's a tournaments that carry a bit of weight, so it's a, it was a bit of a, an achievement for Scotland to win that, especially kind of going into it on the back of some positive qualifying. Obviously, the way that the, the kind of things at World Cup went as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I just think we just it was one of our goals, like. Shelley went through our goals and one of our goals was to win the Pinotar Cup. I think with every team you go into the game wanting to win no matter what and um, like you said it was just a great achievement for us. Um, another box that we've ticked and we're just ready to go again. Speaking of it going again, 
touch wood, everything will continue to go on, on course as planned. Yeah, we'll knock heads. Um, and it looks like Scotland are going to have six games in about 70-odd days towards the back end of this year. Oh, hopefully, you know, I'm sure you're hoping to be involved in that respect. As a player, do you look at that in terms of you'll have your club football and you're going to have this kind of big splurge of international football? Do you look forward to that as a challenge? Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, step one is getting selected for camp. So doing whatever it takes now, um, club-wise, stay fit and healthy, stay on top of my game and stuff, um, hopefully be selected. Um, and then from then, yeah, it's just for everything. Like you said, what, seven games or however many you said. Um, I think it's just excitement. I think I'm glad we've got fixtures. Uh, I think we're all just happy to be back playing. So as many games as possible. Um, He's great for us. Uh, I think we've got the amazing people around us professional-wise to keep us fit and healthy, recovered, uh, and just be ready for the games. So, yeah, definitely excited. It's, um, it's a bit different for the women's side in Scotland at the moment because we're top seeds in the, the qualifying group. Um, does it feel, as somebody who's grown up, obviously, following Scotland, and we both followed Scotland and seen some pretty heart-aching, interesting things over the last yeah. kind of decade or so. Does it feel different going into a squad where the kind of expectation is there that, yeah, we could do really well? Yeah, I mean, I think it's that's just always amazing to be a part of a team that's got the quality, it's got the players, it's got the professionalism. Um, I just think it's, it's exciting for us. I think for me personally, it's an honour to put on the shirt and to play alongside some of the best players in the world, like I said. Um, so I just think it's exciting to see how far we'll get because we really can do it. Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of the kind of ambitions over the next couple of years, I'm not going to ask you about end of the career because that's a long way away, hopefully, uh, for yeah. you from now. But in terms of the next few years, have you got any kind of goals you've set yourself and any ambitions? Yeah, I have my personal goals, obviously. Um, from last season, um, there's a lot of little things that I want to improve on and I want to grow and learn from the more experienced players around me. Um, obviously, keep doing well for Tottenham, um, playing each week and stuff, uh, giving them as much as I can. Um, and then the Scotland, putting on the Scotland shirt, it's the greatest honour and I just want to keep doing that. So, obviously, they've just announced the World Cup in 2023. Yeah. So, that's obviously a massive goal. That's what every kid dreams of. Um, I'm still dreaming now, but um, anyone dreams of, should I say? Um, Euro's coming up first, so it's just so many little goals, and then obviously you've got your big, big ones that you're going to work towards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I think that's lots of football chat. So let's do what I always do in the podcast, which is finish off with a little bit of food chat. Nothing too controversial, so I'm not, I'm not here to try and find out you've got some diets mad. But in terms of, uh, in terms of food, do you, do you like your food? Do you rate yourself as a bit of a foodie? What's your, what's your thoughts? Yes, I do. Um, favourite has got to be sushi. I think that's what me and my housemate are very keen on. As soon as we get a little cheap, well, it's not really a cheap meal, but as soon as we get a little meal, whatever, we're going to get sushi, definitely. Have you got a favourite kind of spot you go to? Obviously, being in London, there's lots of options, I'm guessing. So yeah. is there anywhere, anywhere particularly where you're like, if I'm really feeling it, this is where I want to go? Well, there's a lot of like all your expensive ones down in, in the centre of London, but we're just lucky to have a nice one just like across the road from where we live down the main street. It's called Kyoto, but it's just perfect. It's just down the street, reasonable prices, good quality. So that's where we go. Kyoto, there you go. There's a wee recommendation. Um, in terms of the opposite of that, see if you got taken to a desert island. 
and um, you were opened the box and it was the one food that you hated most in the world and you were told like that's it that's the only thing you can eat for the rest of your life what what would be the worst thing to find in that box tuna anyone that knows me will know tuna is not even allowed in the house anywhere <laughs> near me it's oh god i've got a huge phobia that sounds mad but a huge phobia of tuna so, so is it know. is it all tuna is it canned tuna but i'm just because you've said sushi is obviously like your 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 dream boat dish. yeah so like what's no no my, no one with tuna sushi can be anywhere near me but <laughs> um just a, any tuna i think canned tuna since like since i was younger i've never even tried it but this is where people think i'm mad but just the look and everything about it is a no no <laughs> not a bit of me no no i think that's fair canned tuna has never really done it for me either so I, i'm with you in that one no. um one of the things i always ask is about tunics so um tunics make four products um, they make the Tunnock's tea cake, the Tunnock's caramel log, the Tunnock's wafer, and the snowball. Um, if you could only pick one of them, which one would it be? And is it something that you, I mean, obviously down in London, um, you spent a lot of time with Is it something you've had a chance to have a lot of over the last few years? No, no, it's been a while. Um, that's a tough one. Maybe the caramel log. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's been a while, it's been a while, but yeah, that's what I'd say. Caramel log. I think, be, yeah. Uh, I quite like caramel. I think you're the first person not to say a tea cake or a wafer, which I'm Yeah, but I mean, that's not a bad thing at all. And I think the caramel log gets underrated. So I think that's. that's yeah, good. I agree. I agree. Um, say it goes really well then this season. Tottenham win the WSL or the, 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 uh, the Women's FA Cup, or Scotland make it to the Euros and you're organising the night out. What's what's the night out entailing? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, I've actually been in America for the last four years, so um, it's a bit hard to say. I've not been <laughs> out much, but um, yeah, just I'm going to be um, professionally and say a nice meal, <laughs> a few drinks, a few bottles of champagne, um, and yeah, we'll see where the night ends up. See the result. Awesome. Um, Hannah, thank you very much for coming on to speak to us today. It's really kind of you, and also best of luck when football comes back. Thank you for having me. Appreciate um, that a lot. And thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And remember, you can subscribe at all the usual links on iTunes, Google, SoundCloud, Spotify, and website Leading the Line, at Leading the Line on Twitter. Um, and yeah, just tell everybody about it. But um, until next time, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you again soon.